Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fraud Board Gaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And uh, we're coming at you with a, a, a topical idea this week, not only because uh, we've been playing Age of Sigmar, which kind of puts it in our head, but because there has been, uh, let's call it some light conversation in the community. Uh, following a, a video that a popular YouTuber put out uh, around Age of Sigmar in general. But one of the, the key issues is the double turn in Age of Sigmar. And, uh, man, it, it was a bit of a, a maelstrom, as it is every time this topic is brought up in the community for one reason or another. And I thought we would take some time to talk about it. And uh, maybe try to break down what the hell everyone's even arguing about. Uh, and why it seems to be so damn difficult to talk about this. Because uh, it does just keep happening. Uh, and I guess to recreate what you're used to, we can uh, scream and stomp and uh, shout obscenities for 15 minutes or so. So we could recreate the average comment section. I bought a 12-pack of Natty Light and I plan on throwing at least eight of them at... Joseph, when I'm done drinking, each of them. Well, John, that is a little wasteful, but it's Natty Light, so I guess it's really not. Um, no, no, like I'm drinking the Natty Light first, then throwing the empty can at you. Oh, that's awfully nice of you. Yeah. Usually, well, I'm not given that courtesy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try to break this thing down, because I, I can see why some people get real heated about it, but I just uh, do not want to be one of them people. But first, we got to talk about the hobby time and the games we've been playing. Turn around, bright eyes. What? <laughs> what are we turning around? It's not even topical. Double turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the topic transition. <laughs> all right john hobby what time. have you been doing for hobby what have i been doing for hobby yes john uh, what have you well, been doing for hobby i mean i played two games against this uh asshole beast of chaos player <laughs> sounds like you had a <laughs> bad time <laughs> go fuck yourself um <laughs> and then i played a bunch of other games like i played five total games over the course of like a week it's pretty good. That's a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, all of them were Slaves of Darkness. Great time. Um, lost four out of the five of them. <laughs> Some Turns might say you took a bleed take. All right, this is... No. <laughs> <laughs> we... <laughs> Turns out Slaves of Darkness are really tough at low points values because you can't bring a whole lot of anything. And it's just a struggle. Um, but painting wise, kept painting them slowly but surely, taking my time. Gonna paint more of them when we're done recording this. It's gonna be good. Mm -hmm. gonna How many have time. you got painted? Uh, I am at the final stages of 15 models, and I'm not going to be completed with those until I have more to just batch 
all of the enamel all together. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going in with like little details and trying to pick out most of everything to try to make it pop a little bit. But how about you? What you been doing? I mean, I know what you've been doing. Tell them. I <laughs> I've been doing the same thing you've been doing. I've been playing a whole lot of games of our Escalation League. Uh, we've talked about for a little while now that we've been trying to start this league, and uh, I painted a beautiful 750 points of Soulblight Gravelords that I spent a lot of time on, and they looked nice, and they were fully based and completed and ready to go way early and ahead of time. And then like an absolute dipshit, I have decided to pivot, and instead, now I'm playing Beasts of Chaos. So I have spent the past two weeks frantically painting, well, fr- frantically printing and frantically painting goats to try to be ready for this here weekend that we just had. And uh, played a lot of goats. <laughs> also painted a lot. Uh, in the past two weeks, I painted... 10 Ungore, 10 Gore, a Beast Lord, a Bray Shaman, three Bulgores, and then printed uh, a Cockatrice and uh, a stand-in for a Chaos Gargant as well. Uh, and before the weekend got around, I was able to paint everything except for the, the Gargant and the Cockatrice, so all but two models, which is not too shabby, I would say. Been, uh, yeah, that's off to the races. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a significant amount of model painted. That totally isn't way more than I've done. (laughs) Yeah, don't go comparing sizes, John. Everyone be sad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's going pretty well. Uh, I I started with like a test model to figure out the scheme, and it made all of the other subsequent models much faster. And I really just sat down every time I could and hammered out step by step um, to try to get ready for the weekend because I knew I had an event coming. Uh, But I ended up playing... I've played six games of My Beasts of Chaos now, I think. Yeah, two against you, the Slaves to Darkness, and then I played uh, a list uh, against uh, Brian, who is running a all Zangor's uh, Zinch list. And then I played uh, our buddy Corwin's uh, Soulblight Gravelords. And then our friend Tanner's uh, Stormcast Eternals. And then I got my teeth kicked in by Seraphine. <laughs> so far, though, four and two. Not bad for a new Goats player in a tricky book. I'm enjoying the Goats quite a bit. Enough to where I keep on painting. Uh, we had everybody come over on like a Friday evening and then we were hanging out all weekend and I gave myself the Sunday after everyone left to relax because I had some cleaning to do to sort of tidy up after I had, you know, a bunch of people in the house. And uh, one day later, the following day, Monday, I was back to hobbying. I had to fix up some gaps in the cockatrice uh, and now it's ready for prime and painting. So, yeah, having a real good go at the goats. I don't think I've posted a lot of them on uh, Instagram, though, so i got to do that. Also, the Instagram game is getting stepped up because my wife is really helpful, and uh, I decided I was going to try to take better pictures of minis, and uh, she decided she was going to help me to help myself to take better pictures of minis. Uh, 
posted a nicer one up of the first goat and uh, it went pretty well. So more are coming to Instagram because I think I was just so in the zone. I didn't even think about posting them to people. Like, no, got to paint more goat. No time to share goat. Got more goat. Got more goat. Got a bad. Yeah, you could say I'm down bad. God damn it. <laughs> All right. But well, yeah, it's been a fun time. Uh, I'm really enjoying the goats. They're a good army. I'm probably going to do a faction review. John, I might feel spicy enough to do a damn faction review. Um, Ooh. I might. Ooh, it'd be the first one in a little while. But I, I'm feeling the goat action. Um, and it's been nice to just play a ton of AOS. Because as, uh, you know, in the community, stuff was kind of kick it up just a little bit. Uh, I, we were playing Age of Sigmar ourselves, and it kind of allowed us to refresh some of our opinions on the double turn after playing a lot of games back to back to back to back. And uh, hopefully it helps this next bit to be a little more cohesive than it might otherwise be. Seth, play the music. see, John, that's how you do a transition. You can't just sing random songs two sections early. Yes, I can. <laughs> John, the double turn. Yes, what, what is the it? double turn. What are we talking about? Uh, For people who might not play Age of Sigmar or understand why there's so many people talking about this. So, in most war games, right, whoever goes first then passes it to the second player, and then it passes back to the first player in like a predictable order. In Age of Sigmar, you don't. So whenever the round turns over, and there's like five, six rounds in a game, you roll off to see who gets priority. And with priority, you get to pick, do I want to go first or do I want to go second in that round? So there are times in which the person who went second in the previous round gets priority and can go immediately again. To push the advantage. Yep. Or do all sorts of things. Yeah. And it's one of those things that doesn't sound all that complicated. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound all that complicated until you're like you're staring down a all shooting list that you didn't expect that shoots you off the table in two turns. Are you are you speaking from experience, John? I I, I feel like there's an experience here. I mean, with a little bit of hyperbole, sure. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it it does create, like, a little bit of culture shock comparatively to, like, I'll say 40K, where you go, your opponent goes, and you can always kind of bank on their, them getting one shooting phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... In AOS, they could get two on you, and there's no way to really predict it because you can't, if I'm correct, I don't think there's a single faction in the game that alters that priority role in any way. It's entirely a 50-50 shot. Uh, Archaeon used to be able to see the roll's results before your opponent, but I think that's the only thing that touches it. Yeah, I think they took that away. Yeah, I don't know if that is still a thing, because I don't play Archeon lists, but like that is the only mechanic I can recall in my time playing Age of Sigmar that has affected it. Yeah. And I, th- I at first, I didn't enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. But I've kind of come around on that, right? Yeah. I think, like, if nothing else, like, we'll share most of our opinions for later on, but, like, 
The thing that is worth mentioning is like how it works for people who might not be familiar. So like, you know, it literally can give someone two turns back to back. Uh, and also like just to briefly mention why that is a standout hallmark feature of the game system. Cause I think like most games have are now in one of two camps. Either it's something like 40k, where you have set, strict, alternating turns that you are predictable and are going to happen consistently the same way every time, or you're a game that's like Infinity or uh, A Song of Ice and Fire or Malifaux, where it is always back and forth. But there's no, like, definitive turns. It's alternating activations. So instead of me doing my whole turn, passing it to you, and you do your whole turn, it is always us back and forth. Every phase. We both move at the same time. We activate models back and forth. Like, you know, magic back and forth. So they've just sort of gone around the normal turn idea altogether. Um, Age of Sigmar, instead, is doing something that I... This mechanic is something is that I haven't seen in another game system. Uh, so I think like when you do come across it, especially if you have experience in other games, it's one of those things that stands out immediately as something that is noteworthy, whether that's good or bad for you, depending on preferences, if that makes any amount of sense. Yeah, and it is a staggering difference when you like start actually digging into it right like there's only so many options your opponent has with choices when you first like when you know you can tell you can predict where the turns are going right like in chess you can predict the move someone's going to make because like three turns ahead because you know how the turn structure works but when it's up to chance that kind of gets thrown out the window you kind of have to start making stuff up as you go and kind of go with a loose plan instead of a kind of structured, I'm going to do this, and then this, and then this, and then my combo goes off and I win the game. Yeah, at the least, you have to plan for a number of contingencies. Like, if you're a hard planner, you, you the amount of scenarios you have to consider just gets much wider. Um, and it is something that, like, I see these conversations about it pop up and then die back down, and then pop up again and then die back down. Uh, and... I'm always kind of curious what kicks them off when things kind of explode because it just it happens from time to time and I can't be everywhere on the internet. Who knew? Um, but in this case, a uh, a YouTuber called Miniac, who is a great, by God, he's a great uh, content creator and a hell of a mini painter. Like you really, really should watch that channel if you're like looking to get better at painting or like what have you. Um. And Miniac released a video that talked about a number of points in Age of Sigmar, some of which I actually agree with quite a bit. Um, but one of the things that he talked about was the double turn and how for him, he really doesn't like it. And it feels like uh, it can, it like it outright decides who wins and loses. Uh, I might be misquoting him there. So I won't say outright that it heavily influences who wins and loses. Oh, that's safe way. Um, and that <laughs> is went like wildfire around the community because he's quite a popular, uh, video maker and it, it kind of drums some stuff up and I have seen comments going either way back and forth and, uh, not all of which are very nice. Uh, but 
I guess now that we've kind of explained it and we know why this is running around the groups again, whether you're in discords or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, like wherever you look at the content stuff, like if you're someone who's been in the hobby for a while, this might not be the first time you've seen this kick up. So why is it that when we do talk about this as a community, that it's always so weird and I can't say for sure, because I'm not omnipotent and neither is John, uh, but I, we have some thoughts on why that might be the case. Uh, and I think first and foremost is that it is almost an inherently divisive mechanic, uh, because as I mentioned before, almost no other game does this, or at least none that I've seen, uh, which means that when people come to this game and they're playing it for the first time, they aren't sort of pre-primed for this mechanic to feature as a cornerstone of the game system. And it's almost like a shock, no matter what game you played before. Coming here is going to be very, very different. And in the end, you might end up really liking it. But at the least, we can acknowledge that like it is different enough that it is going to ping everyone's radar when they notice it. Yeah, like a an, a non-wargaming example I can give is the game Hunt Showdown, right? Oh, yeah, like, I love me some Hunt Showdown. When you go to play that rootin' tootin' cowboy shootin' monsters game, it seems really cool aesthetically, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's like a battle royale where I gotta go fight monsters and I'll buy you. That's awesome. That's like our brand. Uh, and then you go in there and realize that if you die in one of the missions, you lose all your progress on that character and you gotta start all over again. <laughs> yep, and they're you gone hear that. permanently. Yeah, you hear that and you're like, holy fuck, that sucks. That's terrible. Why would you do that? Like, that sounds like the worst time. And then you play it for a while and you realize, oh, you get experience pretty fast. Oh, it makes it a much more rewarding experience when you finish a character. Oh, okay. So, like, it adds to the tension and the depth of, like, the experience. Okay. Like, there's a a level of break-in time that you need with the mechanic to fully grasp it that you're not going to get from one or two games. And also, similar to the double turn, if you die in the beginning of every mission in Hunt Showdown, it feels bad. And when you're playing a low point value game in Age of Sigmar, which most new people are, playing like 500, 750,000 points, the double turn feels way more strong. But it isn't that same way throughout the entirety of the experience. And it's kind of an unfair take to go, I've played four games with this thing. I know everything about it. Yeah. But all four of those games are at a thousand points. Yeah, and like, I don't fault people for that, because like, Games Workshop's core rulebook entirely makes it seem like that's a perfectly fine level to play the game at. That like, oh, yeah, like, you can play it at 500 or a thousand or 1500 or 2k, and it works for all of them. And they say that. <laughs> And it, it, yeah, but it's about the same way that I could play Hunt and Showdown on an HP Pavilion laptop from like 2009. Doesn't mean I should. <laughs> you're, you're probably going to have a different experience than if you were playing on what they intended. Uh, and that's on them. I don't blame people who get that outcome, but like it does make it difficult. And maybe you play Hunt and you realize that mechanic just isn't for you and that's fine. You walk away. But you will always remember it, and when asked about it, it's going to come up, and you might feel strongly about it, depending upon your preferences. So, like, I think that is the basis upon which a lot of this spins. 
because everybody has noticed it. So everybody's going to have some type of opinion. Yeah. Uh, It is also like, this is a social game, right? Like, and it's a core rule. It's probably the most unique core rule in AOS. Yeah, that's probably true. I was just like off the top of my head trying to ponder some others, but this one really does stand out. It's like this one and endless spells, maybe. Like, those are the two things everybody's just like, oh, well, that's unique and different. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's going to talk about that when they're, like, talking about with other people that are new or existing players or yada, yada, yada. Like, it's it's noteworthy. It's it's discussable. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I think for, like, for some people, if you're playing a game and you're really, really frustrated that maybe you're not performing as well as you would like, and you're trying to ask yourself why that is... Uh, this is an easy thing for you to recognize as a factor and then attribute your loss to, whether that is entirely the case or not. Uh, just because it stands out so much that like it's an easy thing to just foist all your frustrations onto, uh, some of which might be fair and some of which might not be. Uh, and that is going to make some of these conversations rather emotionally charged. Someone might remember the time that they, like, were set up to win the game, and if they won the game, they got, like, 80 bajillion dollars, um, and then they lost it to a double turn, and now they're old man Smithers grumbling about it underneath the bleachers every day. Um, there was one time this game where I was playing Skaven against Joe Skahard on Overlords. If I would have won the game, he had to buy me chicken tenders, and he double turned shot me off the table, and I was very upset about it. Because I didn't get no chicken tenders. Joe made me, like, not eat the rest of the day. He made me starve. (laughs) That's not how that went. (laughs) I mean, I did blow you off the table. That was true. But, um, you still got tenders. Yeah, it's true. I I can't, in good consciousness, let everyone listening think that Joe doesn't feed me often. You can't be over here telling tendy lies, John. Not That's true. No, not here. Not in this hollowed place. The amount of times we go get chicken tenders and Joseph just goes, oh, bitch, why are you taking your wallet out? <laughs> uh, I, I it's one of those things that I do like to do now. I'm like, I got money. That is not what I asked you. I said, where do you want to eat, ho? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different question. Uh, and like, I, I think that also, that's going to like emotionally charge stuff. Um, And as John kind of alluded to, I think it's something that really, it is going to take a lot of time for you to really see the nuance of it. And you may not like it, but like, at least with experience, you can see that there is appeal in it and where that lies. But it's going to take a lot of games before you start understanding the times when the double turn plays a factor that you could strategize around. And again... That learning might be stumped if you keep playing at low points values where it doesn't necessarily work the way you want. And or the way it was even really intended. Like Yeah. Well, I, it's it's much easier to slap 4 units off the table than it is to slap 12. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, it's something we have felt recently because we're playing an escalation league. So like the point of the league is that you start at a very small point value and then you work your way up. Uh, and 
the whole point is that you can like paint and build an army as you go and like a a consistent uh rate that you can anticipate and hobby around which is really cool uh but see i have played this game at 2000 points a lot of the time which means that after doing that i I could feel some of the difference when we are down here playing at 750 points and oh buddy, does it really feel different depending on what your point value is. Um, for example, in 2000 points, which is like the full standard size for a game, there are things you can do to mitigate the potential damage that a, your opponent getting a double turn could do to you. Uh, for example, you could put little what we, usually called chaff units out front of your like really important units, just little like nobodies that can sit out there and eat the charge and take the damage and die, allowing your big sort of strong units to stay safe in the back line. And that sounds great. It works really well and it makes it to where like, oh, you know, if they double me, they're just going to kill my chaff and that's okay. I'll get a response. 750 points where you don't have very many points to work with you probably don't have enough points left over to pay for a, multiple chaff lines you just don't so you're gonna eat that and it might feel rough or you could have a bunch of synergy heroes at 2000 points to where you can give yourself buffs making sure that when your opponent gets the double turn you got a bunch of defensive buffs up well 750 points you probably don't have the extra room in your list for said utility heroes to give you those buffs. So that's another thing that normally you would do as a response that now you simply do not have. And you know, sometimes you want to give up the double turn to your opponent because they might have all their buffs up and you want them to have to try to recast those and try to like, like out maneuver them in like a magic phase. And that might not be an option because really no one's casting a bunch of buffs because they might have one or two wizards. Yeah, so some of that nuance on when you want your opponent to double turn is also pulled out. So like, and I'm sure there are other ways people could come up with, but like just an example that at lower points levels, you're really not seeing the full scope of some of the nuance of this rule because there is less you can do about it because you don't have the units to interact. And I think that can really shine a light on a bad time. You know, if this was my first time ever playing Age of Sigmar and I didn't have the experience of playing larger points games before I came here, I can understand where you get some of those opinions. Uh, but for us, who have played, you know, we've played a little bit of the game over the past couple of editions. So you could say safely, we've also played other war games, including 40k, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, War Mahords. Uh, Malifaux, like we've been around. We've both been playing turn-based strategy games since we were like seven. That's true, uh, but like we've been around the block a bit. So, like for us, what is our opinion about double turns? And John, I'll let you pitch it because I think it's fairly simple. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement here. The double turn is a unique mechanic that adds more diversity and unpredictability to a game that often can feel rote. Yeah. Um, like, in 40k, it's pretty easy once you've played the game enough, especially if you're playing against the same faction over and over and over again, to kind of predict where it's going to go turn three, turn four. 
by the end of turn one. You don't really have that Native Sigmar because you it can just wildly change. I mean, even in this last weekend, there was a game I played against Tanner, who was playing Stormcast, and I was playing Slaves of Darkness, and I thought I was in a position to win the game. Like, I was really close to be able to just, like, like one-two punch, bada-bing, bada-boom, win. And he was able to double-turn me and outmaneuver me and get a comeback with points that it wasn't, wouldn't have been possible if not for the double-turn. And it wasn't, like, an overwhelming outmaneuver. He just genuinely outmaneuvered me. It wasn't because of the double-turn. The double-turn just enabled it. He took a risk in that second phase of the turn and went, I want to try to win this game. And I have to take a risk here. And if I get the double turn, that will let me win. That doesn't happen if you don't have the double turn. So it also incentivizes not just playing it safe or playing it KG, but also playing aggressively. Or if you do want to play KG, it kind of rewards that because you never know when the tide's going to turn. And being ready for that is rewarding itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I would fully agree with that. And I think the the interesting thing to note there is that like when you've played for a while, you could see how it helped him, but it didn't win it for him, which I think is the opinion that is sometimes thrown around a lot that I don't think is entirely fair. Like it's a tool in an opponent's toolbox that sometimes you really do have to put it all on the line and just risk it for the biscuit and hope for the double turn. But normally that's not the case. And uh, I, I think that makes it better. Um, however, I didn't always feel that way. Like when I started Age of Sigmar, the double turn felt a little strong. But it's because Absolutely. I didn't <laughs> see the other layers. Uh, I, I did, you know, I was playing at a low point value where I, you were never going to see the other layers because those layers didn't exist. Like, you you can't spot what isn't there. Uh, but once I got to bigger point value games, I started to realize, like, okay, this Iron Jaws player keeps just smacking the crap out of my good units every single time they get their turn. And, like, they double turn me. I'm doomed. What do I do? Oh. Well, I got this little, like, filler points of nobodies. Oh, well, shit, if I could just, like, put them in front of my guys, now they're going to have to kill them first. Oh. Yeah. Like, and light maybe, bulbs start turning on. Yeah, and then maybe you add a couple of chaff units, and they know that they're going to have to chew through those units, maybe play a little risky to get to the meat. And then, oh, no, they didn't get the double turn, and now you get to counterpunch. Yeah, you've put but. your mega boss into my army hoping to get the double turn, and you didn't get it. And now my whole army gets to kill your big stompy mega boss because you risked it for the biscuit and now i win um there's like there's nuance there that like i just could not see at first but over time i've really come around on the double turn uh however i can get why it's a mechanic that isn't for everyone because i am the type of player that does not mind randomness in my games uh it does not bother me to have to have like dice rolls or, you know, randomized mechanics like this to help make the game more interesting. That's not something I dislike. I'm fine with it. But I, there are certain types of players for whom that is anathema. They want to do, like, probable odds, know the math, play the math, win. You know, they want, like, chess. 
rather than more chance. And I yeah, get and it. like, and it's always been a concept in game theory, right? Like, there's always randomness, there's always chance. But what is the difference between controllable chance and uncontrollable chance? Um, which is the kind of the core crux here is like you have a roll, the fifty-fifty roll that you cannot influence in the game whatsoever that can dictate the cho- whether the choices you made are good or bad. That's a, it's a tough pill to swallow if you're somebody who likes to be able to go, okay, I can make these six decisions and it'll put me within this parameter of like possibility. Well, as opposed to the other people who are like, I think I made des- good decisions. Let's roll the dice and see how it goes. <laughs> like Those are like two... Two wolves of inside of game design, if it were, uh, that are always at war with each other. But you kind of need both in a game for it to be appealing to a mass amount of people. You can't have complete and total randomness because then the spiky pe- people won't have a good time. Uh, you can't have complete and total lack of randomness because then the Timmy guys won't have fun or the Johnnies who want a little bit of both. Yeah, it's something that like you you want to do in moderation. And I think for the most part, Age of Sigmar does it fairly well. Uh, I don't think that is always the case, or at least was always the case, but I think now they've arrived at a fairly good place with it. Um, but to that end, like, it is something that I wouldn't want to see in all game systems. No. Because I think, like, what makes the double turn work here is that they added it in when they were writing the foundational rules. And it is a cornerstone that they built this house upon. And that meant that everything they designed was made with this in mind. Knowing that it's possible for it to get two turns of activation every game. Uh, And I think that mitigates some of the issues that would be here otherwise. And if you just took this mechanic and put it into another game that wasn't designed for it from the ground up, you would see a lot of problems. Um, 40k in particular, uh, if you threw this into 40k, I think it would go badly instantaneously. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's a pretty good point. Like the 40k is just structured differently, right? And what makes the structure of AOS work with the double turn is that you're kind of building battle lines and then having pinch points within those battle lines to push through. To hold objectives. Most of the missions are based around like very standard points of control with objectives that are not very difficult to to get. Um, even like the battle tactics and grand strategies are generally around those objectives and not like spread out. It is two sides of a massive army clashing against one another in this little window of the battlefield. In games like 40k or something like a skirmish game like infinity or kill team like they don't do that they they're like little small skirmishes or little zones of control against each other that aren't more regimented they are much more like nebulous and moving around and the objectives are just different sometimes it's not about holding objectives sometimes it's about board control in a way that is different than a kind of rank and flank fantasy game uh, a game I think it might do well in is something like A Song of Ice and Fire, right? Like maybe like a 
priority role each time someone's activating a, a unit. Though that would be cumbersome, like, could be neat. Yeah, well, and I think also the thing that makes it work for Age of Sigmar is that the average damage is just much lower uh, than games like 40k, for example, especially yes. at range. Uh, there is just so much less range damage to make that double turn feel oppressive. Uh, it's Imagine still... getting double turned by Imperial Knights. Ugh, that'd be bad. Ugh, it'd be so that'd be bad. bad. Or like big killy Tyranids. Ugh, that'd be awful. Um, you know, Age of Sigmar was made and still has quite a fair amount of damage, but less of it at range, which is really where double turns would suffer sometimes. Uh, because they could shoot over your chaff walls and such and just to, like, get all of your good stuff. That's why there's not a ton of shooting in Age of Sigmar. Um, and generally, they try to, like, stamp it down when it gets too oppressive. Yeah. They really do. Uh, but if you are playing a game of 40k, there are a number of shooting armies that are all deadly. It's also just like a galaxy brain game compared to AOS. I'm not saying AOS is easy or less like requires less skill, but in 40k there's just like stratagems and sub factions and all these like a, like a billion things. Some of them also exist in AOS, but there's a lot more to know about what your opponent is doing and what they can do and the combos and yada yada yada. And if you had to worry about that in the context of getting double turned, well, like imagine playing against a Genesis or Cult player. And you get double turned by them and having to prepare for that possibility. <laughs> that would be just downright painful. <laughs> and I like I don't know what you do against it. Like against guard, it would make sense. Against Tyranids, it makes sense. Even Space Marines, but some of these factions are just like crazy. And trying to outplan them would be nigh impossible. Yeah, it's just the game isn't built for that much potential damage and complexity all at once coming like back to back to like you need a chance to try to stabilize and respond. Otherwise, you just crumble. Uh, so like this is not something that I like so much that I would be like, yeah, pull it into every game. But it is something I like enough that I certainly think it should stay in this game uh, and that I get some enjoyment out of. Uh, from its complexity and depth that it brings to the games I play with it. Uh, but, so really, like we wanted to make this, though, to break it down and to try to help people understand what's going on and to maybe arm you with a little bit of information so that if you do have someone who wants to have a reasonable conversation around it, that you know sort of like the pain points to avoid and to maybe arm you with a little bit of empathy for what they might be feeling and where it might be coming from. Uh, I know for me, it's always helpful when I'm into these topics that can get a little uh, internet spicy over like inane stuff uh, to understand why people are so heated about it. It just helps me to come at it a little more prepared. I guess that's the word I would use. Because um, some of the, like as we've had an episode about recently, like some of these hot button topics in the community can be rough, but I don't think they have to be. Uh, and if we can help y'all to maybe like approach it a little more calmly, kindly, I'd really like that. Um, just some general podcast notes though. Uh, John and I are over here talking about this here 10th edition that has been leaked to high heaven. Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, we know that like 40k 10th edition is coming in the summer and, uh, we are planning some content around it. 
maybe a full breakdown of every army that's coming out uh, and how they play as a sort of like primer to 10th to help people get into it uh, and maybe some faction focuses uh, to really like get into the nitty gritty on some of the factions we really like depending on how that launch goes. Uh, so there is stuff happening around here, uh, and we've also got some topics coming based off of our Age of Sigmar League, because we've got big thoughts about some stuff we've had experienced. Yeah. And if you want to influence those big thoughts, or if you want to have us give us a couple suggestions of stuff you'd like to see before 10th edition drops, or if you just really want us to cover your army, or anything like that, drop it to us on social media, leave a comment like subscribe whole nine yards uh we are open to doing unique stuff for our listeners there's not a whole lot of you out there um but we're glad you're here and we'd love to give you stuff that you want to listen to yeah especially around the like a new edition where stuff is going to get real weird you know it is a time where we might be able to really help you if you're like struggling on a certain thing so please like we always say to reach out but in this time of change like consider it a little more and in the meantime, we'll be cooking up new uh, hobby ideas and arguing about the double turn. And uh, <laughs> that's been all of our thoughts. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see you on the next one. And I remembered the outro about a second and a half too late. God's rubbing off on me.